Hey everyone and welcome to Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host Jeff Nicholson and this is episode 9. Hi everyone and welcome to the show, really glad for you to join me this week. Today we have a fantastic guest, the second third of the mastermind we've already heard back on, uh, what show was it? I wonder what show it was that... uh... Simon appeared on. Simon was the first third, although I don't want to admit he was the first, um, on episode five. Um, We have got Dave Algio. So I'm going to give you a brief description about Dave. Dave is a a very good friend. I've known him for many years. He is a a self-styled stressed guru. And as he says in his introduction, because he is human and still learning, he specializes in speaking, writing, providing tools, tips, and strategies to help individuals, managers, and teams to put stress back in its place and get on with life. After all, Dave believes that the only reason we should be interested in stress is because it gets in the way of what we want to be, how we want to live and feel, and ultimately what we want to achieve in life. He has just launched a daily video, The Daily Sprout, which we no doubt we'll get into further on into the show, which is a short hint a tip, uh, sorry, it's a short hint or tip to get more out of life and work whilst also nurturing our well-being. Why Sprout? Well, at his events, Dave has become renowned for using vegetables as props and metaphors for some of the critical questions we need to be asking ourselves when in the trenches of day-to-day life and working. So Dave, I really want to say welcome to the show, mate. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Jeff. That's brilliant to be here. Thank you. And looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't wait till you start explaining to the world because we've got it. You know, forward thinking. We're going to talk <laughs> about we're going to talk about vegetables and how they and how you. We are. <laughs> so, I was just saying. I'm guessing that the the majority of the audience will never have asked themselves at least one question. I'm going to pause. No, <laughs> no. I'm I'm pretty confident about that as well, my friend. So, yeah. so, so, tell us a little bit more about how you got into into this line of work? Well, uh, for the majority of my life, I've kind of wrestled with anxiety as a condition. Now, I had no idea that it was a condition, and I just thought it was me. Um, and it wasn't until later in life that I realized that actually it was more, although it is a significant part of me, there, there's a lot that I can do about it controlling and managing me. I can start and manage it. It and I learned techniques, techniques and tactics to do that. It took a long time to get the hang of it, but over life I kind of freed myself from anxiety. Um, so that kind of has stirred that kind of interest in what is it about our human mind and our ability to survive and cope, and how can we get more out of the way we think and think more positively and deal with things that we can get stressed about because we can get stressed about the little things through to the biggest of things. And what I've learned, and I guess a lot of listeners will probably relate to this is that we can add a lot of stress inside our own heads that was certainly my case which is why the stressed guru is the title because you know i can still fall foul of that from time to time i still have this thing where i say dave what you doing man you know this stuff still catch myself doing it but the beauty now is i know that i do it i catch myself doing it and then i employ some tactics to change that mindset again whereas before i was kind of trapped in a cycle of ignorance really and tormenting myself so that's one of them the other i spent 22 years as a police officer and in that role kind of experienced both traumatic chronic stress but also the longer term 
sorry, the traumatic acute stress, but also the longer term chronic stress and work with lots of people under that. And I've always been inspired by how people have a massive capacity to survive and get through. And it's tapping into that as a human being that I'm keen to do, because like I said, like you mentioned in the intro, stress is not the issue. It's something that gets in the way. I want to live a great life, have great fun, do great things, achieve big things. And it's often the little things, the stresses, the challenges that can overwhelm that derail you from that. And that's what I'm interested in, getting us back on track so that we can achieve what we want to achieve and feel how we want to feel, basically. Yeah, and it's, and it's, I think that's the important thing as well, is it, it's acknowledging that everyone goes through it. I mean, I talked about stress and resilience back in episode three, just sort of how it resonates with me, because, you know, that's really how you yeah. and I met, is because we had a, a very yeah. similar interest and passion about stuff um yeah. and it's the it's this willingness to understand that we're human so every it's it affects us all but in different ways and it's looking at how do we yeah. how do we manage that without being you know it was world mental health day yesterday um and you know we talk about that and it's about having the courage to speak up and look at dealing with strategies yeah. Yeah. and it i think that's an important thing isn't it oh yeah Absolutely. And it's realizing, I think the, the likes of the World Mental Health Day and, you know, various promotions and efforts to, to make it more open are, are so important because so many people feel as if they can't share, they can't be open, that they're on their own and they're the only one feeling this. Now, we all go through individual challenges and circumstances, not to try and say, oh, everybody's been through all of that. But it is to say that we are not alone and there are often other people who are going through it or have gone through it and survived and have something they can share and support you with and i think it's so important that we do open that up and talk about it more and do you find when you're dealing with you know you you, you as you said in your intro you're dealing with individuals managers and teams do you find that it's it's challenging for managers to pull out the the actual or find out about the issues that are going on with it within their teams and and within their departments because people are frightened to speak about it or do you find that it's more like the the teams are more nervous about going to the managers and the and the team leaders to speak about it because they're worried about what people may think i think it's a bit of everything but it does depend on the culture within that organization and i guess the manager's style as well i mean we're not putting everything on the manager no. but the good leaders the good managers kind of intuitively take an interest in their staff, show that they care about them and are open when somebody either comes to them or open when they see somebody not quite themselves that day. It's always going to be down to the individual as to how, whether they're going to be open. I mean, we can't twist people's arms. If somebody is insistent on just keeping it to themselves, then that's their, their right. But obviously when I talk to individuals, it's encouraging them to be open when they're struggling and also managers just to be alert and to have the sensitive, interested, care questions that might prompt somebody to open up and yet you've got the bigger picture of a culture within organizations and i guess that's why well you know mental health uh, awareness initiatives are really good at a educating everybody top down i guess yeah because I, I, I mean i've just i just came back from a, a company the other day and we're sitting talking about you know how do you how do we train the man managers to be Maybe more aware. It's been very careful and not to make the managers think that yeah. they're coaches or therapists, but it's it's oh, it's giving them the 
it's giving them the confidence to be able to go i need to have that conversation with people or i need to i need to be able to be confident in asking the right questions in order to bring up those um yeah. those issues because quite often it's they at least what I found when I was speaking to this group is they were, they're nervous about saying the wrong thing because they're worried that are they allowed to say it? They are, they are worried about, they don't have the skill sets and who am I to speak to people about their personal issues. And it's making them understand that it's not about, you know, it's not about digging into their darkest secrets. It's about just going, okay, how can we best both benefit the company? Cause obviously it's they've got they've got to look at that but also is how can we benefit the staff because i think it's key to understand that it is not the software the the great machinery that's going to make a success of your business it is the people within the business it is how we as you know as entrepreneurs how we manage our resilience and our stress to be reach our optimum level of performance so we can make our business and create that impact we're looking for yeah, exactly. And I think I, I, I always remember when I was uh, I used to run sort of, well, custody sergeant training courses. I was a custody sergeant for a lot of years in the police. And the key there is harm reduction, suicide reduction, you know, harm minimization. And we used to talk to the custody sergeants. Um, it's a very demanding role, but to try and encourage them and re- reinforce this thing that we're not trying to make them street corner psychologists. We're not trying to make them professional therapists. And, and they don't need to be and it's the same for managers and colleagues you don't need to be what you need to be is aware and observant and listen so that if you ask a question as an interested supervisor how's things oh, how are you doing how's things you're not just seeing that automatically you are listening and you're looking for those little signs and those those things that might just indicate to you something that is different to what they're telling you because often they'll tell oh i'm fine but actually are they and sometimes you just need to be aware of that and that's part and parcel i guess of good awareness training is to make people aware of what those potential signs are and help them tune in yeah so, you know yeah no absolutely absolutely you make you make a really good point so let's get into the vegetables so let's <laughs> right. share with Share with us your because it's a it is a really unique way of looking at it and I love it because it 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 puts it puts a very serious topic in a in a a more light hearted approach um, which yeah. I think is really key because quite often you know it, it's it's a good way to get in and speak to th- speak to people so share with us some of your your strategies right. um, and you know and how you bring. I mean, I've been with you on this journey to bring to bring the vegetables yeah. in, and I laugh every single time we do it because I know how what a great idea it is. So, share yeah. with us some of your share with some of your strategies and tips. Yeah, well, I suppose just to put it in context. This the whole idea of it came from I was I was doing some reading and research, and I was reading about being overloaded by stress you know the demands of life and work and, and what have you and I just had this image and you have to be of a certain age from the UK to know to remember a, a children's program called Crackerjack and um, the, on that program there was a game called Cabbages and Kings and that kind of I had this image of the kids that used to stand on the stage getting asked questions and they get a prize and if they got it wrong they get a cabbage and the winner was this kid with a massive pile of toys and cabbages desperately trying not to drop anything all for a Crackerjack pencil <laughs> Basically, yeah. they were they were, the they were game shows, weren't they? 
that's the way it was done back then. But that image, I then tried it out at a little a breakout conference uh, event, and it went down such such a storm when I brought two people out. I, I now use it with one person to sort of illustrate the good demands of the toys, the cuddly toys, the things we, we, we enjoy and get out of bed for, you know, um, exercise activity, having a fun time, socialising with friends. They're the positives. But then we chuck on the negatives, which are the cabbages, and they can pile up. And what happens is you end up carrying around this stuff, and all you're trying to do is carry it. But what you do is you end up putting the cuddly toys down in order to cope with the negatives. And that's often how we get the balance skewed, because... We put down the stuff that actually does us good in order to cope with the difficult things. And that's natural. But then what I what over the years, as you know, I've kind of developed that. Initially, I thought that's a useful visual, but I've since taken the metaphor a bit further. And I now talk about how do you deal with the cabbages? And I talk about um, chunking your cabbages down sprouts. So you're breaking a cabbage, a problem into chunks and talk about the power of chunking. Um, and it. And then I talk about a bigger picture, a bigger question, which is really part of my whole sessions and a part of well, it's it's the key message of everything I do. And it's the question, are you sweating the right sprouts? Now, that question, I'm sure nobody's asked themselves unless you've been to one of my sessions. And you probably think, what? Eh? What are you on about? But the point is here, what I try to get across is life. All life is is a bunch of sprouts. All life is a series of moments, moment to moment. Things we're doing now, things we're going to do, things we have done. It's all about the sprouts. And often what we're doing in life is sweating the wrong sprouts. We're sweating the sprouts that are either distractions or we're worrying about things that are trivial instead of the big challenges. And that question, at any given moment, am I sweating the right sprouts here? It works in work, rest and play. Because you know as well as, as me, Jeff, that we can in work we can get distracted and lose focus. That's when we're sweating strong sprouts. We're delving into email at the wrong times or we're, we're multitasking. In rest, we, we can be sweating the wrong sprouts when we're, we're resting, but we're still, we're not really relaxing. We're, we're on Facebooks and social media. Don't, I'm not knocking them, but there's a time to just unplug. And then there's play or, you know, outside of life. And how often is it that we're, you know, my son Thomas, when he was a little lad, used to say, Dad, you fancy going knocking a baseball around and, and what have you? I'd go out and do it. But in my head, my head would be dwelling on other things. Now, at that moment, I was sweating the wrong sprouts. I was sweating the work, the problem sprouts, instead of just enjoying the moment. The right sprouts at that time was the, the sprouts with my child, knocking a ball around and having those moments. So that question is kind of the underpinning question to all of the tactics I talk about. There's lots of others, but it's that question of, uh, given time, are you sweating those the right sprouts? Because that's what, like, we are sweating sprouts at any time. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because the, I, you know, I've lost count how many conversations I've had with with clients or even people I've met at speaking events or workshops where they talk about how they feel disconnected from their families or they, you know, they've spent so much time trying to get business off the ground or you know to get the success within their business and you know as an, as you know yourself as an, as an entrepreneur it's a, cha- it's a challenging balancing act um and oh. it's that the you know as a parent like yourself is the the last thing you you want is to feel that you're neglecting the people that you care most for and the the probably the main reason why you are running a business in the first place is to make sure that yeah. life is good for everyone yeah. and you you can like put put it in priorities and whether it's 
looking at, you know, dinner time's an interesting one because you see more and more people, and I hear more and more people about how kids come to the table with their smartphones rather than sitting down and engaging. Yep. I mean, remember when you used to have a, a sort of sit down and it was like, well, what what's your day been like? And yeah. rather than them sitting with their nose in Facebook or nose in YouTube, it's about engaging and going, okay, well, let's let's talk about it. And I think it's this... It's this ability, and I love. One of the things I love about it is the way you talk about chunking down. And there is no better. There's two demonstrations that I've seen you do. Is one of them is that you know the cuddly toys and the cabbages, because it is. I mean, I've done it with you as a demo, and it is unbelievable how heavy those those. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you put lead in the uh, sprouts of the, in the cabbages <laughs> I had, especially picked. Cabbages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's 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 a it's a it's a great visual. And for those people who are doing the demonstration, a physical representation of, you know, you can't do this forever. And it's understanding yeah. that you, you sometimes something's going to drop. And it's, yeah, exactly. and it's your balance of understanding that stress is always there, but it's make sure you're prioritizing the things right yes. in that. And then the other thing I love is your demonstration of chunking down. Yeah. Because of the way you can, like, look, well, here's, a, here's the cabbage, and then let's break it down into the sprouts. And as you say, it's looking yeah. at those ones and going, well, which one is the most important? That's so critical in helping people identify where is it they're wanting to go. Yeah, I think I think it, what you're saying is so key as well for those in business entrepreneurs and what have you, because you do have a strong why. Why am I doing this business? And often it's to make a better life for you and your loved ones. And that's the cuddly toys bit. But ironically, when we get into the thick of it, because business is not easy, is it? If you get into the thick of it, you often end up putting down the cuddly toys, the why, your why, in favor of making this business succeed. And we, we, you have to do that from time to time, but it's how long do you put them down for? And sometimes you can come back to it and the relationships aren't as good as they were or you're burnt out and 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 it's a it's an ongoing balance which is why it's useful to have tools and tactics and questions like are you sweating the right sprouts in the kit because at a given time it is about just saying right enough for today draw a line let's go and have some downtime with my family let's turn the tv off or let's do this that and the other because one of the things we often i think by not, by getting out of balance we then add more pressure because guilt comes in doesn't it and we get even more out of balance and that's what throws us off completely. And it's a real, I don't know, it's a, it, it's, it can be really difficult. But one of the things I like to talk about is don't think cabbage size time is what's needed. You need sprout size quality time. You know, you need, if you want to spend some quality time with your family, you don't need to write off a whole day. That would be lovely. But 10 minutes of face-to-face -face contact without distraction or an hour or, you know, smaller chunks is what counts. It is quality, not quantity in everything. And that's the same in work, as you know. Um, uh, we've kind of discussed my current plan is because I've got a, a, a Rosie who's a year old now. She's um, come along and made me rethink my business and develop a lifestyle. So I've reduced to a three-day week. Now, the other two days I'm spending time with Rosie and meeting family and friends – but in those three days, I've had to kind of put, practice what I preach and realize that productivity isn't about throw time at it. Just like business success isn't about throw money at it. That helps. But actually, it's about what you do with your time, how you prioritize and how you maximize it. And I've kind of learned to put into action the cabbages and the sprouts in those three days. And it really does work. It's about focus. And focus is draining. So you do need time out of that. But my productivity is yours because of that. And it's it's 
it's really important to recognize it's about quality in whatever we do, not necessarily quantity. Yeah, and you bring you bring out that good thing. Funny enough, the um, the app I'm looking at at the minute is a tomato, but we'll we'll get into that. It's um, Pomodoro. You know, oh, yeah. the yeah. why 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 is it not a pomegranate but never mind we digress um <laughs> but you know we we look at that and that's you know working 25 minute blocks yeah because it's it's there's this bizarre bizarre culture that we're still and we've really got to learn that working your ass off continuously all day does not make you productive it's how no. you use that time and I mean, if we look um, at Sweden, I think they've just dropped down from an eight hour to a six hour. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They've identified that you don't get any more done. And <laughs> so, but yet we still have this ridiculous culture where I'm sure you've heard them in, 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 in working in the same field is they use working, I've worked until nine o'clock last night and they want it as a badge of honor. To yeah, say, I've, I've used it myself. Yeah, well, yeah, I know exactly. So have I, and it's like that's my badge of honor to say I'm working hard. Not yeah. actually, I've managed to complete this project, and I've done it in half the time because it's like, you know, I I talk about um, lessons from a smoker. There's something that I learned when I was ill, and and you know my you know you know my experience, and it was yeah. when you sit at a desk, and you watch people are working their butts off to at work and you can see the frustration into them the non-smokers just sit there and they work 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 or they think they work 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 because generally they're burning off their energy too fast quite often you don't see them go for breaks because yeah. they just force themselves to do it smokers however they get up if they if they're annoyed frustrated or something you can see them take a deep breath get huffed and they go out and have a cigarette. They get up, they move, they change location, change perspective, take deep breaths, even though, all right, it's not really healthy, and then come back, and they're almost, they've taken a break and they've got a different perspective. Yeah. They go and have their breaks, not necessarily because they want to go and have something to eat or go and get a drink. They want to go and have a cigarette, but they still remove themselves from that yeah. situation. Yeah. And it's it, it's like you say, when you're talking about the sprouts, and it's certainly part of the success IQ model is it's having that foresight, that awareness, that mindfulness of understanding that just because you're sitting and, and quite literally sometimes you're flogging a dead horse, you, you're still in, if you're in the wrong mindset, if you think that just forcing yourself to concentrate is going to get the job done, you need to get up and move, which is counterintuitive and then come back to it, and you probably will get the job done 10 times faster. Yeah, and or you may come back and realize that what you were working on wasn't the right thing, and actually you could do it easier, or you could do, you know, or you could ask such and such to do it. There's a lot of ways around that, and I think you're right. And actually the other thing about the smokers, albeit smoking itself is not great, is yeah. the social element, because you usually find two or three in an office will go off together. Now, there's a social connection there, and that's something else that particularly, I think particularly as entrepreneurs, we might network here and there, but if we're locked away, flogging away, we can isolate, become more isolated, and that's that's not great. Don't get me wrong; I, I'm a big believer that when you put the foot down, you need when you need to put the foot down, you put the foot down and you work. But you still have to have breaks, you still have to have connections, and after a period, say a day or two of hard work, you need to then think right. How do I recharge my batteries now? What can I do to break? That's enough for now, because ultimately you are on a, a downward curve. If you just keep going, keep going, keep going, you're going to run out of fuel. 
Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, I suppose if you think about it, and although we're going to talk about this in a later episode, is that's one of the reasons um, Simon, yourself, and I did the Mastermind Group. Yeah. It wasn't only just for, you know, like-minded people who have great ambition to go, okay, this is what we want to do with our lives. It was also to to sort of create that community of, granted, very small, um, but it was create that community of, look, we just need to get stuff off our chest. We just need to have a laugh. Yeah. But we also are serious as well. And, I mean, you know, I think you you, you will probably agree with me. It's it's one of those things that we look forward to every month. Yeah. Is to have that is to have that mastermind meeting. And I think there's a keep it to have fun because one of the things I do talk about is is the importance of um, – there's a great quote. Tim Ferriss, I think, came up with a quote or at least – he recorded it but it's to get serious work done you need to stop being so damn serious and i think yeah that's the key when you have a laugh you kind of release a bit of that stress and pressure which frees you up and actually when you have a laugh you tap into that fun silly side of you that's often where the creativity is the change of perspective humor is brilliant for shifting your mindset and your perspective there's so many things as well as the connection so for mm. me having a laugh and just getting so and taking time out wherever that is you know within work but also outside as well is so important and it was something yeah. that part of the anxiety and back in the day robbed me of although i didn't realize it um I, got, I was far too serious and i think that's the that's part of it if you find you're not smiling i mean don't get me wrong so it's not everybody's nature to be really exuberant and, and bouncy and outgoing but I'm, I'm quite i'm pretty introvert but even so, so i still feel as if I'm a, a smile a lot more I'm a lot lighter and a lot more a lot brighter in my approach and um, body language than I ever was yeah and actually it was you're saying that and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring up or share the link or anything but it was your fun bit within the the business size was the thing that said I really want to meet this guy and we know the video we're talking about, don't we, David? Yeah, yeah. But um, well, you know, but it's well, we won't be open about it. It was the and uh, it was the um, the parody on Salt and Pepper's song "Let's Talk About Sex," whereas I, yeah. I changed the words to "Let's Talk About Stress, Baby." And yeah, it's uh, yeah. To be fair, it's it, I sometimes cringe at it, but um, it was a bit of fun. And actually, the whole point of that was that let's talk about stress because <laughs> we often don't, and or if we do we do it in the wrong way? So it was a tongue-in-cheek thing. And yeah, but it, but it was that fun out. bit, wasn't it? Well, no, you it weren't. Was, and and with friends like Simon and I, you you can guarantee that. Oh, yeah. But it was also it was, but it was also the 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 thing that I think I looked at it. It was I loved the fact that someone's looked at it in a more light hearted way. Yeah, because yeah. I was coming from working with people who were, you know, off ill for twelve plus years, and you know they were contemplating suicide, and they were doing all yeah. of this stuff, and it was. You know, you, you can't, you can't. I always remember being ill, and my m- mother-in-law, when when it was like when you were at the doctors or when you were going to someone, it's like you you know you need to be more ill. I was like, what do you mean I need to be more ill? We well, need to look ill. I was like, but I am ill. It's just, but you don't look it. And it's that, it's that. Why do you have to be so? Do you know why does everything yeah. have to be so serious? And I think yeah, it's, it's yeah. a really, it's a really good point. So yeah. brilliant! Thank you, thank you very much for sharing that. We're going to dive straight into the the question times. So um, get yourself comfortable, because um, <laughs> so basically what I do is I ask, <laughs> I ask I ask every guest to answer these questions, 
And the first question is, is how much time do you spend a month on self-development? Um, a fair bit, I would say. Um, there's two sides. Learning skills to help me better at some of the, the tasks I do in the job is probably uh, a couple of days a month. And then there's reading around that. I would say, oh, hours, you know, outside, I'm a bit big reader i listen to audio books when i drive so long lots of time to be fair and I, to be honest it's a big part of it because i think it's once you start that journey you realize that there's so much more to learn and develop and growing never stops no and i think that's i think that's one of the reasons why i ask this question is because i want people and the listeners to understand that it is consistently working on your skills or your knowledge or or on yourself that's actually going to help you move in the right direction because quite often, you know, when we leave school, it's like, I never want to learn again. Yeah. You know, or if, we, if we're in certain elements, we don't look at necessarily developing ourselves. We may want to learn to play the guitar or something like that. But it's, it's work that we do ourselves that really is about, you know, making that, living that exceptional life and creating it, yeah. which is key. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So the second question is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Ooh, Right. This is a one that's difficult because there's a lot, but I'm going to give you the one that I always seem to come back to at least two or three times a year. And I've got it in book form, written, print, sorry, and audio, and it's the four-hour work week. And it, it it's just one of those books that when I when I read it, it kind of opened up me up to a different perspective on things. The whole point of the four-hour work week is, although the title can be a little bit misleading, it's about recognizing that you know there's we're often working towards this so-called retirement deferred life plan as Tim Ferriss calls it. And actually what about now? And it's about exactly kind of what I'm doing with the three day week idea is when you're working, focus on it, be as effective, efficient and productive as you can, but make sure you're working on the things that really matter and take you closer to the goals that you've already thought about in your life design. Yeah. And that what that makes fact, sense. Yeah. I have to come back to it every so often because Life, you drift, don't you? You drift. And then when I listen to it on the audio book in particular, um, I come back and think, yep, I've kind of slipped again. Come back and discipline yourself back into it because the underlying principles that he talks about are so true. Difficult, but nothing you really, really want to achieve in life is going to be easy, but difficult to do. And that's why I keep coming back to it time and time again. Yeah, I have to say, massive bucket list, but I would love to get him on the show in the, ne- in the next next couple of seasons because that would be cool. I mean, so so um, that's definitely on the bucket list to get him on because I love watching his videos as well on YouTube. Yeah, you know, he just he thinks on a on a very different level, and he's got this great gift of breaking things down yeah. to to a more understandable level. Um, I, I watched one about intelligent drugs. He was talking about about one things that. Um, can improve your body's digestive um, speed and all sorts of stuff. It was really, really cool. not recreational. I must add to that. It was all about sort of the science behind using the right drug to help you move and uh, you know increase your performance and and all sorts of stuff. It was really interesting. Um, okay, so question three is: What is your favorite app? Now, what I'm going to say is is based on we've you know we've done a few shows now. If it is Evernote that you are about to say pick something else because <laughs> i'm understanding that the more and more people are starting to use evernote as a default so yeah. um if you if you have another app other than evernote yeah. i use evernote be, but yeah. it wouldn't have been my answer anyway because i kind of cool. use that more 
or a bucket. See, again, I'll use a lot of apps. I'm a Mac user. So I have my holy trinity of apps on Mac and iPhone, and they are Text Expander. Text Expander is one of those programs. Do you call it a program or an app? I'm not sure, but it's one of those that saves me bucket loads of time because you can have little key phrases. So, you know, XFE for me is a label I put on, I just put XFE, expands to financial expenses, business, blah, blah. and it, it, it means then that that label is created in so much less time. Email templates and what have you, I just have in, in text expand. It's just a brilliant way to save lots of time for those stuff that you are regularly, repeatedly typing. And with that, because I'm a, I'm a Mac user, I use Hazel, which is kind of a, it it's, runs in the background, tidy up process which it kind of watches your files and looks for keywords key dates files appearing here there and everywhere and based on rules you set it it'll file it away and put it somewhere else and text expander and hazel together have, uh, must have saved me literally hours and hours of uh, of productivity you know time yeah because i've got text expander and i'm still trying to get used to it hazel i think is absolutely phenomenal um I mean, even even for something like helping you clean up your desktop, you know, you can I, literally. I have I have a set of folders ranging from blog, um, what is it? Blog, misc folders, videos, and everything. And I just drag the files in there, and it will automatically send them to the images file, the PDF. It's just, and I've also invested in um, Alfred. I think I read something that Alfred and um, Hazel work quite well together. Um, but it's, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so question number four is, what is your what has been your biggest business business mistake and what did it teach you? Right. Oh, there's been a few. There's been... <laughs> there generally has. <laughs> if I go to the one that was the key one, it set me on the path of working in stress and resilience and achieving goals by looking after your well-being. Um, and also taught me the absolute importance of anticipating problems more realistically and not living in a bit of a fantasy land with business. I kind of, when I fell into, started business, I was a police officer. I was working in the training department. I had no idea to run a business, no idea about sales, but I had this image of an entrepreneur being a risk taker and somebody who would go out and, you, you know, build your wings on the way down type thing. You jump off and build your wings. Now, that's great advice because in a way, because it's saying, don't be afraid to go and do it. But it's better to jump off the cliff with the materials to build the wings before you jump off. Yes, I would agree. That's, that's brilliant. I jumped off and then hit the ground. And I remember when I, first, I took a career break. Thankfully, it was just a career break from the police, so I could return when things <laughs> went badly wrong. Um, lots of other things went wrong, but financially, I had no sales. I had no clients. I had no network. I had no idea. <laughs> and um, I ended up the the worst most stressful year of my life before i kind of thought hang on a minute you have to go back to work there was a point where my house was about to be repossessed and i had to ring northern rock who no longer exists now um i had to ring them and say how much do you need for for me to pay in to not repossess my house and she tapped away on her keyboard and said two pound and it was two pound that i had to you know i literally had to rummage around the back of the settee and find because that was literally really, really bad. I scratched around, found two pound, ran down to the the Northern Rock and Chester Street, paid it across the counter, and bought myself another month. Um, and 
at that time, that was when I wised up and thought, yeah, you want to, do you want to do this? You've got an option. You can give up and just go back to full-time policing. You can carry on the way you're going, which is just not realistic because you're just going to have financial ruin. Or you can t- take the, the ground of, yes, I want to do this. How am I going to make sure this succeeds? And I decided at that point to get real, reevaluate, go back to work part-time in the police, and then reshape my business focusing on some of the key lessons I'd learned and people taught me, which was to focus on your niche, focus on an area you love and you're passionate about and um, build a strong foundation of networks, sales, all of those kinds of things. And that was the, that was one of the biggest lessons. And whilst it was horrible at the time, I'm pleased it happened because that feeling comes back to me now sometimes when I realize I'm taking my eye off the ball. Yeah. And yeah, I no, want to go back sense. to yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, okay, so the next question is, is, what are your challenges in balancing work and life? Mindset, because uh, Rosie's come along. She's gorgeous, and I'm loving spending time with her. Um, I've generally work in this three-day week, structured around working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, but inevitably you do stuff outside of that. You do answer emails here, you take call. That, that's fine. But it's been the mindset, the busy mindset, the the habit of working that I've had to challenge because it's it's obviously so important to me and, and who I am, I think, that um, when I'm taking time out, I'm feeling guilty, I'm distracted, I'm finding myself thinking about work and what have you. And it's about breaking that habit as much as anything. Um, I think I've got the rough structure now in place and I'm starting to challenge that, the mindsets because when I do, when I focus on work at work, when I focus on rest at rest and play at play, I'm more productive, I'm happier, and what have you. It's when they all blur together that's a problem. So I'm, I'm, that's my, the, the, the mindsets that I'm challenging at the moment. And, it, you know, I'm getting there. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So the, the question number six is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known when starting out? <laughs> um, be aware that it will take longer uh, and more, it'll take a lot more time, a lot more work, probably a little bit more money than you think um, to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and the, and going in with a realistic approach will mean that when you hit those setbacks, you are less likely to be defeated and give up. Because I guess we've all seen people who start in businesses um, full of enthusiasm, full of promises, full of promise for the, the first six months. And then they kind of drift away and you never see them again. And it's because it's a tough, tough life. And make no bones about it, it's tough. But that doesn't mean to say it's not worth doing. That doesn't mean to say don't do it. It just means go in with your eyes open because it's a fantastic life. You meet some brilliant people. You have an awesome, you have, you have an awesome kind of opportunity to grow yourself personally, to develop a lifestyle you want. You've just got to be prepared to take the the, the knocks, knock downs that inevitably come yeah yeah no that's brilliant brilliant advice okay so the final question question seven is the life lesson question and what i do is i ask a guest to pick a number between one and 50 and we pick a lesson that i have learned over the last 10 years to um to share what they think um what came up for them if they have learned that life lesson um it doesn't have to be something you agree with it's just something that i am intrigued to ask people so um so pick a number between one and 50 dave 46 me age 
46. Oh, enjoy the simple things. <laughs> so, so basically, um, so basically, yeah. this comes from the fact is, is that you got. I think from my experience of being ill and 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 recovering and everything else, I kind of like looked at it and go, you know, we sometimes set the bar so high, and we yeah. forget to celebrate the simple things. And it really stemmed from when I was starting to get better. Even if it was a matter of just enjoying the air, you know, the wind on your skin or the heat on your body or the fact that you could actually get up and enjoy a, a cup of coffee in the morning was something to be cherished and 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 really celebrated. Because yeah. I think there's an importance of when you when the you know, when the chips are down and your back's against the wall and stuff is going on, which in a real world, in the world of entrepreneurship and life in general, um sometimes that is going to happen um yeah. it is to remember that there's 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 there, there is other things that you can enjoy and experience and i wonder what you think about that um i couldn't agree more i think it's the thing that i didn't do in my younger days it's the thing that i think so many of us forget to do when we're under the stress and pressure of demands and it's <sighs> It's where the real joy is, and you made me. You reminded me of a little thing that I used when I finished. When I was in the police, I used to finish night shifts, and um, there was just something when I got into bed after a night shift. I used to have a little chuckle to myself because I used to love the thought that I've just done a night shift. I'm getting into bed to have a sleep, and everybody else is getting up. And and for me, that was that was one of those little things that made me think. You know what? This is lovely. Yes, night shifts are tough, all of those things, but it's the little moments like that that I still remember and think back to and think, yeah, th that's what counts. You know, um, you see a little smile from your, your daughter or, you know, your son achieves this, you know, whatever it is, you've got to be present to them. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing is, is by doing that, it brings you more to the present rather yeah. than this pursuit and this fear of, you know, what's, you know, because an awful lot of deadlines we put on ourselves, especially in the world of, you know, entrepreneurship, the pressure that we're putting on ourselves and only us, yep. not someone else. And it's to appreciate that actually, do you know what? It was great the fact that I got to, you know, I don't know, you know, like you say, got a kiss from your, your kids or you get, you know, you've shared a moment and had a laugh about something or even if it was just sit down. And one of the things I love to do is, and much to my own ears and no one else's, I love to sing. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and I remember being at yours a couple of months ago, you just sat down and started playing the guitar and it was so cool just to see, and you beamed when you did that. <laughs> and even if you didn't know that you were doing that, it was something that I could see, and yeah. it's just that lovely thing just to go, Do you know, it's lovely that you appreciate that. Yeah, and that's the sweating of the sprouts because the only sprout that matters is the one right here, right now in front of you, and it's that smile from your child. It's that smile from a stranger. It's an interaction that's gone positive. Um, it's a bit of sweet something experience sometimes because, let's be right, painful emotions – they're in that moment as well. And the, the fact is we can experience them. That's something to be appreciative of. Yeah, absolutely. I, would talk, I talk about mindfulness, uh, sort of mindset and attitudes in episode two, yeah. where we're talking about, you know, the important things to understand and mindfulness is, num you know, f nearly at the top yeah. because it's that, it's that being aware and, and, and to understand what mindfulness is. So, yeah. um, so brilliant, Dave, thanks very much for being on the show. Um, just, Hi, give you a, a little moment to share 
um, how people can find out more about you. I'll put the show, uh, the show, all the links and stuff in the show notes. Um, but it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the show, my friend. Thanks, mate. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for for the conversation as much as anything. I always enjoy them and, and uh, the opportunity to share with your listeners. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, as you know, I speak and I do workshops and I write around the subject of stress resilience and getting more out of life. But I've also just launched the Daily Sprout, which is uh, it's just my um, daily video, 30 to 45 seconds. It's a reflection, a tip, a hint, uh, a quote that I might comment on. A um, bit tongue-in-cheek from time to time, but some serious points there as well. But I'm, I'm sort of posting them on my YouTube channel, Stressed Guru, uh, on my blog which is uh, www.stressedguru.com forward slash blog and also you've got an opportunity to sign up for that I'll obviously give you the link uh, and if anybody's interested in just getting a bit more I'll give you the link as well Jeff to um, uh, my free emergency stress CPR book and anybody who signs up that can get a free complimentary copy of my book of calm ebook of calm which is just an A to Z pictorial kind of daily reflection of things to think about to introduce a bit more calm calm and tranquility in your day because life is mad and we forget to build that back in when we when we get chance brilliant thanks very much dave and i'll make sure everything goes on the uh, on the show notes if yeah. you have any questions that you'd like to ask me or perhaps you've got topics that you would like me to cover in the show please send uh, your emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk the um, email address is in the show notes please Take a moment to review, share, make comments, you know, get more people to know about the show because it, it helps me follow my passion and my purpose, which is to help you guys and people like you to live an exceptional life. If you'd like to find more about my links, you can visit my website, which is www.jeffnicholson.co.uk. It's been an absolute privilege to have a guest like Dave on the show today, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Have an amazing day. Wishing you the greatest success. Take care.